Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you all. My name is Tim Sacconi, as Diana introduced me, and it is an honor to be here with you at Naperville Covenant Church. I have long heard many, many wonderful things about this church, and it's great to finally be here with you and to serve you and to care for you and to be cared for by you. Thank you for the honor of being here today together. I have deep respect for your pastoral team. I have a a wonderful admiration for Diana and all the work that she does. I love her work in youth ministry, and Scott is a phenomenal senior pastor, and it is really an honor to be a part of your team here. I, I did text Megan just a few minutes ago to get an update on Scott. Apparently his knee is kind of hurting a little bit, but he's doing well, so keep praying for him. And it is uh, great to be in relationship with them. I serve on what's known as the Make and Deepen Disciples Team with uh, Megan, and we have a really wonderful time in our office. I have served in the Covenant Church uh, since 1994 at a number of different local churches, mainly in the context of youth ministry. And it was just a year and a half ago that I accepted the position to come and work for the denomination and lead Covenant Youth Ministry opportunities. One of the things that I have uh, really been uh, really in awe of is the quality of the team that I now serve on. Not just the current Make and Deepen Disciples team that I have the opportunity to be a part of, but also the former Christian Formation team that you may remember when we titled it that way. All the way ranging back to Christian education. The covenant has a long history of deep love for spiritual formation. And these people that have went ahead of us through the years and led are really remarkable. And this past summer, we actually had this opportunity to celebrate the retirement of two of our leaders, Evelyn Johnson and Millie Lundgren. And these two incredible women who had served the covenant in a Christian formation, Christian education, and now making Deep and Disciples initiative for almost 40 years each. And so we were in a lot of ways saying goodbye to the end of an era. And so in their retirement gathering we had at Evelyn's house, we gathered at her house for dinner, and she'd invited all these different generations of leaders to come and be a part of of this dinner. And here I am, one of the new guys on the team, and went to her house and sat in there for dinner. And there's people in the room that I have almost idolized for years. People that used to run Chick way back in the day. People who published Covenant Confirmation materials back when I was in Confirmation in the late 80s. God's Friends. Anybody remember God's Friends? I mean, these kind of people have led women's ministries and children's ministry initiatives and so on and so forth for decades. And I was in awe of the gifts and the talents and the ability, but also struck by just how wonderful, wonderfully in love with Jesus these people really were. And as I drove home that evening to our house in the North Park neighborhood, I was just in awe of these people, but I was also struck by a very, very simple truth. Each of these people, this, this great cloud of witnesses, if you will, in covenant ministry and covenant leadership, the one thing that I really saw in them that they had in common, more than anything else other than Jesus, is that they were willing. It's the most simple little phrase that I was in awe of these people about. They were willing. They were willing to be used by God to shape the church. They would be willing to use by God to care 
for his people, they were willing to say yes to the calling. And they served and are serving in a time when our nation and community struggles with great political uncertainty. Financial corruption. You can't turn on the TV or the radio or Facebook every weekend without seeing about the social injustice that happens across the nation on a week-to-week, sometimes daily basis. And they struggle in a time where our country has an apathy towards God. In addition to that, I'm certain there were times where these individuals had personal struggles, doubts, and fears, and limitations that led them to question God's calling on their life. In that, they actually share a very similar story to the prophet Isaiah, who you just heard from as Steve read our text this morning. The prophet Isaiah, who spoke these incredible words to build up, Isaiah was asked by God to lead God's people and to serve as God's prophet to Israel in the midst of a very trying time. Israel was experiencing political uncertainty, financial corruption, social injustice, and apathy towards the things of God were creating internal problems for the people of Israel. And listen to this. In addition, like all of us, Isaiah also had his own personal struggles. He had doubts and fears and limitations that if you read the text, you will see he at times questioned God's call on his life. Sound familiar? Despite all this, God gave Isaiah a message to give to the people. It was a challenge and a calling that I believe extends to us today. Build up. Build up. Prepare the road. Remove the obstacles out of the way of my people. A little sidebar here. One of the really wonderful things we have in the Covenant Church is that we're a fairly small denomination. 850 or so Covenant churches. And let me tell you, there are over 400 congregations right now in this season that are sitting in their churches having the same conversation that you are today. How do we continue to live into God's calling on our lives as we follow the words of Isaiah to build up, build up, prepare the road, remove the obstacles out of the way of my people. Isaiah was to call the people and himself to build up the things that promoted God's kingdom work and remove the obstacles that impeded God's kingdom work. In order for Isaiah to be used by God to preach his message, he had to undergo a major shift in his own life. And he had to be open to God building up new things in his faith and remove the obstacles that hindered him from freely serving God. He had to experience a significant shift in the way he sensed how God could actually use him. These shifts that Isaiah made, I believe, apply to us today. And I'd like us to consider just for a short time this morning Maybe two shifts that God is calling us all to. Two maybe even reminders for you of the calling that God has on your life. And the first one is this. You, my friends, are capable. 
you, each of you, are capable. You are capable of building the kingdom of God. You are capable, not because of how amazing you are, even though I'm sure that it's true of every person in this room, but you are capable because the Spirit of God dwells in you. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you, in fact, are not your own? Deuteronomy 31.8, a text I wrestle with my kids with right now. The Lord Himself goes before you, and He will be with you, and He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. You are capable because God is with us and He goes before us. And He absolutely loves to use each of us to build His kingdom. And here's the thing. In that capability, you never know what God's about to do. And maybe that's the shift we need to make. God knows what is needed in every single situation. Not always us. And at any given time, we may be about this agenda or that agenda, but God, He might have a completely different agenda in mind. You cannot ever know when God will turn something that seems incredibly routine into something deeply holy and sacred. When we realize that we are capable of participating in the work of God simply because His Spirit goes before us, we begin to position our lives and our minds in a place where we expect the unexpected by a God who is building His kingdom all around us, all the time. You never know what God's about to do. Embracing this truth that you're capable of being used by God makes a shift in holy expectation of what God may do at any given moment. You are capable of building the kingdom of God. And here's the second shift that I'd like to challenge us with today. Not only are you capable, but thanks be to God, you are each valuable. You are valuable. You are valuable to God and you are valuable to the work that He is doing on earth. You are valuable not only because the Scriptures teaches us that we are God's children adopted into His kingdom, that He loves each of us no matter what the baggage that we carry with us. But the Scripture also teaches that God chooses to use each of us in our own context to build up His kingdom. And in this context of being valuable, of being the child of God, of being what Ephesians says is his masterpiece, his workmanship, in this context of being valuable, we simply do what we can. Our effort is basically insufficient compared to that which God can and will do at any given moment. And even though that's true, we still do what we can because that's what God wants us to do. In fact, that's what God uses. There are times in our lives, in this whole building the kingdom context, 
in which our words and our actions feel like nothing in certain situations. But it may be in that moment that all we have is a few fleeting words. But it's all we have to give. And because we are valuable to God, He uses it to bring about the holy. God does not expect us to do what we cannot. But He fully expects us to do what we can. Trust God to make what we do to be sufficient and maybe even extravagant. He does these things because we are valuable to Him. If we stop, or I'm sorry, if we are going to shift the way we see God using us, then we need to stop seeing ourselves as insignificant to God's kingdom. Insignificant to building God's kingdom. It's just not true. We need to shift our thoughts from I'm not really that important to God's overall mission to God has uniquely gifted and He's invited me to be a vital part of His redemptive mission in the world. We need to shift our view of ourselves and see how capable we are to follow the Spirit's lead and how valuable we are to do what we can for the Lord. And one of the really significant things that the denomination, the Evangelical Covenant Church, enjoys every three summers is this little event we call Chick. I know your church has been a, a huge fan of not only Chick for many, many years, but a huge fan of Covenant Youth Ministry. I so deeply appreciate the way that you love your teenagers. There's no greater resource that you can give than your love, your time, your resources to building up the next generation. This emerging generation that needs Jesus, they are watching you. And they are waiting to be invited into this conversation. Chick is a major part of that initiative for the denomination. I am just in awe of how Chick impacts our churches. We have teenagers right now who have said yes to Jesus, that God is using you to prepare to lead his church in the future. Thank you for the way that you believe in that for so many years. And Chick is just this amazing thing. If you don't know much about Chick or if you're new to the church, um, it stands for Covenant High in Christ. It's not a derogatory name for a female. All right, And we have this event where our high schools get together. We all come together in the denomination. It's a gathering of about almost 6,000 people. And we have this incredible week of discipleship and fun and evangelism that happens. And every day at Chick, there's just all this kind of wonderful events that are going on, programming that happens. And to be honest, it's a little bit chaotic. And we meet, we've met the last several Chicks down at the University of Tennessee. One of my favorite, favorite moments at every Chick is our evening worship sessions. It's when we get together and we have everybody in the same room, all almost 6,000 people to worship the Lord. We have an incredible worship team, similar to your worship team here. We have incredible speakers that come in. And we challenge our youth in the context of building up the kingdom of God. And we meet in the basketball arena at the University of Tennessee. This huge Division I arena filled with covenanters, mostly under 18 years old. It's an incredible moment. And it's really surprising to me, every chick I've noticed this since I was a student back in 91, that we're sitting there in this room, all these people in the room, it's so much wonderful chaos, but it's the very, very little things that really blow me away, that really impact me deeply. 
And this past chick, there was this one youth group that sat in the same spot every single night. And I tried to sit in the same general area so I could be available to whatever I needed to be available for. And I kept seeing this youth group sitting down on the floor in the back by one of the kind of the, the exits, the emergency exits. And I wondered, why are they sitting down on the floor, kind of back in the corner, away from everybody? And I realized it's because they have a high school student in a wheelchair. And so our human services team wheeled him in one of the side doors, and his youth group sat down on the floor with him because they obviously couldn't navigate the stairs, the wheelchair, and they sat with him so they worshiped together as a youth group. The whole week, they sat down there together. I would come to find out that this young man's story is actually quite phenomenal. He's quadriplegic. He only can communicate with the use of a little black box. And his youth group loves him, and he loves his youth group. And it's actually a church from the Central Conference. I believe Diana is going to be there later today. And there was this moment at Chick during main stage. And we had this artist come in. His name is David Crowder. Some of you maybe heard of David Crowder before. And we had him in the middle in the stage, in the middle of the whole audience. And he kind of plays like a bluegrass kind of worship thing. And it's incredibly celebratory, deep and rich in Scripture. And it's really a wonderful moment. And David Crowder is playing this song. And in the kind of heat of the moment, he starts like doing this like bluegrass dance for Jesus. Now, I know Naperville doesn't dance a lot for Jesus. It's okay. Neither do I. But David Crowder kind of does sometimes. And you know what he did, which I just loved? He started calling kids up on the stage. He started calling teenagers up on stage. He said, hey, come up here and dance, with, dance for Jesus with us. And so, you know, three or four kids got up there. I don't think it was dancing. It was more like jumping for Jesus, which is, I think, probably how I would do it too. But they were kind of jumping for Jesus. Well, you know what happened next that I'll never, ever forget? This uh, young man, in the wheelchair. He had an adult helper. He had, a, he had a, 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 man, a young man in his 20s with a beard, wore a bandana, kind of a tall, strong-looking blonde guy. And this helper, I saw him together all week. He was committed to this young man in the wheelchair. And wouldn't you know it? As soon as David Crowder started calling people up on the stage, that adult helper pushed that young man in that wheelchair up to the stage And I'm like, what are they doing? Are they just trying to get closer? And in just this amazing moment, that adult helper unbuckled that young quadriplegic boy. He put his arms around him in the sense of like a bear hug, pulled him up, walked up on stage. And you know what they did next? They danced together for Jesus. They danced together for Jesus. Now, I'm foolish enough to believe this simple truth, that there was a teenager sitting in that arena of 6,000 people, a teenager that's, that's got healthy legs and healthy arms, can walk on his own, and maybe isn't really living for Jesus, but as soon as he saw that quadriplegic boy with the adult helper carrying him dance for Jesus, he made a decision that he was going to turn his life around. That that teenager was blessed because of this boy and his helper's faithfulness to the Lord. I tell you that story because I want you to know that there is somebody in your life that God is calling you maybe to bear hug into the kingdom. There's somebody in your life that God has been wooing, that the Spirit has been working on, that the Spirit has been chiseling away at the heart of this person, and God is asking you today to bear hug them into the kingdom. I don't know what that looks like for you. 
That may be that you need to step up the way that you pray for this person. That may be that you may need to actually step out of your comfort zone, which is tough for all of us, to go to that person to love them. But I'm telling you that the way that the Lord has called us is to build this kingdom up and that sometimes people need a bear hug into the kingdom. So who is that for you? Who is the Lord laid on your heart, maybe even right now? Pray for that person. And know that that is the calling that's on your life. Build up. Build up. Prepare the road. Remove the obstacles out of the way of my people, says the Lord. It is the calling on all of us. And I pray that as you follow Jesus, as we bear hug this world into loving Him, may you be blessed. May you be uncomfortable. But may you sense God's Spirit and strength leading the way simply because the Spirit is in you. You're capable and you're valuable. God bless you on that journey. Amen? Amen. So God, we just thank you for this morning and we thank you for your word and how rich it is to our lives. The way that even the prophet Isaiah of old is challenging us here today in 2015. Father, I want to live into that calling on my life. I pray that same calling on all of us that we would see how deep and magnificent the calling each of us has is. And God, give us the strength, the boldness. God, give us the, the, the confidence to follow your Spirit's lead. And I pray for that person that's on our heart, Lord, that you've been wooing, that person, that individual that needs you, God. Maybe they're broken or they're going through a divorce or maybe it's a friend of ours who just has turned their back on you because of pain. God, would you take away their pain? Would you give them peace? And Father, use us to be a light in a dark world. Thank you, Lord, for this church. May you bless it. Continue to raise up a generation that's going to follow you out of this church. And may your name get all the glory in everything that this church and all of us are about. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, Amen.